Daniel chapter number 3, verse number 14. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace grew exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astoned and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. Neither the form and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now turn to chapter six. One verse in chapter six. Chapter six, Daniel six, verse twenty-seven. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And again, we uh, just sort of extending this the theme of this week into uh, into this, and I have no idea what to title it, but um, but uh, we could say that um, we could say that he rescues. I thought this week as we uh, were trying to teach these children, and uh, and you've heard me say this. I said it again. I say it nearly every Sunday, but let me let me explain what I mean. Um, uh, when I say, and you've heard me say it over and over, that they are coming after our children. Uh, I don't. Uh, let, me, let me say, explain what I mean about that. I'm not necessarily talking about just the trans crowd and that movement. They are coming. I'm not necessarily only talking about the pedophiles, but they are coming. 
Uh, but, but the root of all of that, we talked about it in Sunday school this morning, is Satan himself. Uh, so if I could amend that, uh, let me say he, not they, he is coming after our children. Um, and so, uh, but it's not just with those means. Um, and, and I'm going somewhere with this, but he's using technology. Uh, he's using, we, we witness it every day. Uh, I'm trying to preach sometimes and uh, people are on their devices and on their phones. Uh, it happened this week in Bible school. Teachers who had labored over lessons and kids were on their phones. I get it. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I understand sometimes you might get a little bored. I understand all of that. But but uh, but you know what would happen when we wouldn't pay any attention in the house of God? My granny had jerked me up and she did it time and time again. Put me there right next to her and uh, you didn't want to have to get taken out. And because if you got taken out, you would not like. But in any case, they're coming after their children. Uh, they're using means of, of deception. They're using means of, they're coming after the family unit. Uh, they're coming after mamas and daddies. They're, uh, they're coming after the children in such a manner that they don't respect authority anymore. They don't respect the man of God. They don't respect mamas and daddies. They, they, take, this culture is sucking everything that's good out of the lives of these children. And so if I could amend that, he, Satan, is coming after our children. Uh, this is a death culture that they're growing up in. And why, what does that have to do with this? Well, this happened at a time in the history of Israel and Judah. Uh, this happened at a time where Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had went in to Jerusalem and began to lay siege to it. He, uh, he destroyed Solomon's temple. He began to take things out of the temple that, that was dedicated and set aside. You see, children, when we come into this place of worship, the reason why we say don't run, be respectful, be mindful, don't throw trash down, is because certain things, this building being one, have been set aside uh, as a sacred place that God uh, meets with His people. And so we ought to treat that with respect. Nebuchadnezzar didn't. They, they destroyed it. They took the holy things out of the house of God. Uh, but what they did more importantly is they took the, uh, they left the poorest there, uh, but the, 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 uh, the king's blood, uh, they took those children that had, had learning abilities, they took those children who, uh, who were smarter, they took those children who were of a royal bloodline, and they, uh, they targeted them. Uh, you can make no read chapter one. Uh, they targeted children uh, that they could manipulate uh, to serve in the idols of Babylon. That's what they did. They came after those children and they stripped everything uh, that Jehovah, the God of Israel, their only God, they took everything that would remind them of Him out of their lives. They are doing the same thing today. Amen. Amen. That's right. And so they, 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 they changed their names. They, they took their Hebrew names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wasn't their names. Uh, you can read in chapter 1. Uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue because we don't, uh, we're not familiar with them, but their names were Hananiah, uh, Mishael, uh, and Azariah. And they changed their names. Babylon said, those are your Hebrew names. They're stripping away the culture. Uh, it's stripping away every holy thing uh, out of their life. 
And so they targeted those children. But those four, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those four children stood up in chapter 1 and said they purposed in their heart that they wouldn't eat the king's food, they wouldn't serve the king's God, they wouldn't do those things. They, they remembered that somewhere in their why is VBS so important? It's because they were children and they were taken captive. But before they were taken captive, while they were still children, growing up in a Hebrew house, in a Hebrew culture, they, they were taught the Ten Commandments. They were taught and then the first commandment is thou shalt have no other gods before me. They were taught the second commandment that you shall not make any graven image nor bow down to them. They were taught that. They retained that in their knowledge. And so when the time came and they were stripped of everything good, they retained in their hearts and in their minds and purposed in their hearts, I don't care what Babylon says, we are going to serve the God of heaven. And so it's important that we teach her. I don't care if other places call us modern. There's nothing modern about religiously educating our children. And I will never apologize for it. And so, so they stripped away everything about them, but they had purposed in their hearts. And that's important. That children order, and adults too, we ought to settle it in our hearts right now. I don't know about you. I, I know we're supposed to obey. We're supposed to be peaceable with all men. If possible, that's what the Word of God says. But we better, we better purpose it in our hearts right now. The day's coming. I will not compromise what I believe. I will not do it. I will not conquer. And we better settle it now. Because when the day comes and you have to make that choice, you better already have settled that in your heart. From right now. I'm telling you, He's coming. He's coming after your children. He wants nothing more than to rip every bit of joy out of their hearts. He wants nothing more than to rip every bit of culture that this church has tried to instill in them. He wants to take it away. And so they had already purposed in their heart. Now time had gone on and they grew. And as they grew, as they grew in stature. They grew in favor. As these four Hebrew children as that refused the king's meat. As that refused to eat anything that was sacrificed to idols. Those four grew in statute. And the day came when the king had a dream that troubled him. And I'm not getting into that story. But Daniel was going to be killed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to be killed. But Daniel stood up and said, There is a God in heaven that can interpret your dreams. And the king then exalted those four children to a place of prominence. I mean, they uh, they were uh, they were part of the uh, part of the uh, movers and shakers now. But now time had went on again. About twenty years or so, probably between chapter two and chapter three. Chapter two, he exalted them to honor. Uh, chapter three, he's back to his old ways. Nebuchadnezzar has now built an image of gold uh, that was about ninety feet high. This thing was massive. 
And He placed a decree uh, that any time you hear the sound of the music, He was over 120 or so provinces. He was over nations. He was ruler of the known world at that time. And so I don't know how they did it, uh, but maybe every province had something set up. Uh, but in any case, He built this huge monstrosity uh, of, a, of a sculpture and, and He gathered the rulers from every province uh, every officer, uh, everybody that was anybody, uh, everybody that had a position of power, uh, every, uh, you might say, every uh, every federal, state, and local official, elected official was there. Uh, the nation showed up, and uh, now with the statue to be dedicated, and the king's commandment was uh, that when you hear the music, uh, you must fall down and worship this God, uh, this God of gold. And so they gathered all those people together. Uh, those, those people like their politicians today, uh, they were feeling pretty good about the fact that, that they were invited there in the presence of the king. Uh, they had all the power that they could want. But yet, yet when the music played, I guess Daniel's not mentioned. I figured Daniel was probably out. Uh, out on a uh, on the errand of a king, he wasn't there uh, because if he was, there's no way he would have bowed. Uh, but when the music played, the whole nation, everybody that was there, uh, looked at that ninety foot statue of of gold, and they fell on their knees and they began to worship that statue. Uh, everybody except for three uh, little Hebrew children named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Something in their little hearts had convicted them. I fully believe that. That, that they remembered mamas bouncing them on their knees when they were just a little fella. I believe they remembered mamas and daddies telling them that God has commandments and that if you do that, you're going to be breaking the first at least at the second, at least uh, if you bow down and serve another God. Uh, God is a God that He says there is no God beside me. In other words, He will not share His glory. Uh, there's nobody equal, nobody like Him. And He expects us to realize that. And so those three didn't bow. It would have been so easy. It would have been so easy. Listen to me today. Uh, the easy thing is almost never the right thing. Right. It's hard. It's getting increasingly harder uh, to stand and say, I will not comply. I will not comply. And, but that's what they did. It would have been so easy for them to say, God forgive me. I don't want to serve you. I don't want to serve this God of gold. I'm going to serve you. And while I'm on my knees, I'm going to be praying to the true God of heaven. Forgive me. for. But they had settled it from a child. They would never do it. And so when the time came, they didn't even have to think about it. When the time came, I'm telling you the time is coming. We're going to have to pick a side. We're going to have to stand on what we believe if we want those children to be saved. And so the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it would have been so easy for them to just bow, but they didn't. They didn't bow. And so those people got word back to the king. And they said, King, there is three. Of those Jews that you brought back, 
uh, three of those uh, uh, that we saw when the music played. Uh, there's always somebody to title. Let me get this settled in you right now. Uh, children, there's always somebody watching you. Somebody's always going to be tattling. And they did. They, they told on them. They said those three didn't bow. The king got mad. In chapter 2, he had exalted them and exalted their God. But now in chapter 3, he calls them together. He's surely not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He was friends with them, he thought. But he gathered them together and he said, Is it true? Is it true? Tell me it ain't so. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to bow? And they said, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, they'd already settled it in their soul uh, what they were going to do and say. And he said, do you not know the commandment that I gave? And that if you don't fall down and worship uh, this image, uh, there is a furnace of fire and you're going to be cast into that fiery furnace. And they said, King, we're not careful to answer you concerning this matter. I understand your judgment. I understand what will happen to us. But they said, we serve a God that is able to deliver us out of your hands. We serve Him. And they said, He will deliver us. But they said even further, if He doesn't, we know He's able. But if He doesn't, if He chooses not to, I'll make it known to thee, O King, we still will not bow. We will not comply. And we will not break the commandment of the God of heaven. He will deliver us. He will rescue us. But if He doesn't, we're going to die. You realize there's people that have been put to the stake in our country. You realize that there's been people in the Middle East not that long ago I watched it and I'd say, what are you watching that for? I watched brave men and women stand in cages while ISIS lit them on fire simply for believing in the God of heaven. I mean, it's happening. You realize how fortunate you are in America today. It's happened in other places. It would have been so easy for them, but they wouldn't do it. The will will not die. The king got mad. It's that his countenance was changed. Uh, he, uh, he no longer looked at them favorably, uh, but he was angry and he was wroth. Uh, he commanded to pick them up. Uh, he said, heat that furnace. Uh, uh, seven times hotter. Uh, 700% uh, uh, increased the temperature of that thing. And they did. And I don't know what that furnace looked like, uh, but, uh, but it was a place that you could see its mouth uh, and you could see on the inside and it was so hot that when they opened the door however they got in the soldiers were mighty men they weren't little some squirmy men they said they were the mightiest soldiers that he had they laid hold on Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they bound them in other words they tied them up bound in their coats bound in their hosen, bound in their garments, and cast them down and it said they fell down into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Think about that. All because they just refused to bow. But it was more than that. They refused to, to do dishonor to their God. They refused to worship another one. And for that they fell down. Bam. God didn't let them. Let me stop there. There are things that maybe have happened to some of you. If it's not yet, it probably will at some point that you think, 
God is going to deliver me from that. But see, we a lot of times we can't see the big picture. And a lot of times we wonder why we're going through things. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I truly believe they thought God would have delivered them before they got past ten. There are things that will happen to you that you will be fully persuaded that God will deliver me. It won't get that far. It won't get that bad. They were taking a stand for God. And because they did, that king turned up the heat. Let me tell you this right now. You take a stand for God. God, this world will turn up the heat on you every time. Every time. So he turned up the heat. And a lot of times you're left thinking, God, where are you at? I really looked for deliverance from the fire. I really looked and thought that you would have you would have spared me this hurt, that you would have spared me going in the fiery trials of life. Sometimes He does. But it's not always. He doesn't always deliver you from the fire. Sometimes He means to deliver you in the fire. You understand that? You understand sometimes that deliverance does not come. You understand what the Hebrew writer said in the 11th chapter. He said that some, not accepting deliverance, they had a way out. Their way out was to fall. He gave them another chance. I won't do this if you will fall down right now. And they they had a way out. They did. But it would have caused them to sin. So God did not deliver them. This Hebrew writer says that some of those prophets were sawn asunder. Split in two literally with a saw. Sawed in half. And it said the world was not worthy. Sometimes He doesn't deliver you from the trouble, but He does walk in the fire with you. Well, I'm glad of that. I've looked around at times and thought it'll never get that far. I'm having money trouble. It'll never get that far. I'm having marriage trouble. It'll never end in divorce. It'll never end in bankruptcy. I'm having trouble of every kind. It'll not get as far or as bad as sometimes it does. Sometimes it goes that far. It's not that God didn't deliver you, but I promise you, you're not there alone. He's delivered you in the midst of the fire. That's the kind of God that we serve. And so, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell in bound. They were bound. They, they couldn't break loose. They couldn't break free. They couldn't deliver themselves. But without a word, they just accepted their punishment. Without a word, they made a stand. At church, we're going to have to make our stand for these children. He is coming after them. With every, and I believe as we're steamrolling in toward the end days, I believe He's going to turn up the heat. I can prove that in the book of Daniel. That there will come a day policies will be in place. Policies will be in place. And by His policies, the Spirit and the policies of the Antichrist shall destroy many. It says He will wear out the saints of the Most High God. You can mark her down. Preacher, it's bad now. You ain't seen nothing yet. He's not begin to turn up the heat. But when He does, He will wear out the saints of the Most High. 
you better settle it right now. I will not comply. I will not cross that line. I will not do anything to offend one of these children. It'd be better for a millstone to be cast about our neck and us cast into the sea than to offend. What do you mean offend? I mean teach them wrong. I mean, uh, we need to instill the culture, the godly culture, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're stripping it away. But those three, those three were so brave. They sailed out in the midst of the fire. And as far as we know, never uttered a word. Uh, they took their punishment uh, like men. Uh, people have been burned at the stakes. Uh, uh, men and women for witchcraft uh, or serving the Most High God. Uh, men and women. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's not just older people. Several years ago at Columbine, a shooter went in that school and began to shoot those. But the reports were, before he shot, he would ask, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yes, sir. Shot. You know how much courage it would, how easy it would have been to say no and then repent. And God will forgive you. But they didn't. They took their stand. They knew that they knew that to die the death of a martyr. God's not forgot our martyrs. He remembers them in Revelation. John said, I saw into the altar the souls of them that had been slain for the Word of God. And they said, how long are you not going to avenge us? There's coming a day when the vengeance of God will take care of that. And but they fell down bound. Bound. Children, you listen to me. Sin will bind you. You cannot break those chains. You can't. But you know what will? Satan will bind you. Church, he'll bind you too. But you know what will break those chains? The fire will break the chains. They got in the fire. They got in the fire. Everything they was bound with, it suddenly come off. They weren't just laying there. The Scripture says the king looked in and he was aghast. He was astonished. And he said, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of this fire? And they said, True, O king. And he said, Then how come I see four men walking around and the fourth is likened to the Son of God in the fire? No longer bound. You know what will break the chains and break the fetters? It'll be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It'll be those trials of fire. The king went to the mouth of that furnace. He began to call out to them, Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of that place. Come out here and stand before me. And they walked out of their own accord. They weren't bound anymore. They, they weren't singed. The Scripture says their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. Quite a remarkable thing. Quite a remarkable thing. He rescued them. Let me tell you something, children. Our grown person, there is a greater fiery furnace than that one. There is a fiery furnace that the word, uh, the, the word of God says that held from beneath is moved for us. It's moved for you. It says it rises up to meet you at your coming. There's coming a day. You die lost without God. Somebody just like then will lay hands on you. 
thrust you out of the kingdom and into the midst of a furnace of fire. There will be no delivery. The delivery is here. But they walked out. They stood before the king, stood before him proud and tall. And the king looked at them and he, he, he was astonished. They didn't even smell like smoke. And he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are servants of the Most High God. Now I've lost my voice, so I'll not continue on. But Daniel was the other one. He was the fourth. Three chapters later, Daniel found himself in a similar situation. It wasn't a furnace of fire, but they had trapped him. They had made a decree that whosoever should pray to any god save the king should be cast into a den of lions. Daniel knew that. Daniel had a habit. He had something that he did every day. He would go into his room, open up the windows that looked toward Jerusalem, and he would pray toward you. Why did he do that? Because Daniel was carried captive. Daniel remembered a story he heard when he was a kid that King Solomon dedicated his temple. And at the dedication of his temple, King Solomon prayed and he said, Lord, if the day ever comes when these people are carried from this place into a foreign pagan land, if they will return and pray toward this place in Jerusalem where you've established your name. Hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. Daniel knew that story. So Daniel being carried away captive, he wasn't a kid now, he was about 90 years old. But he remembered. He remembered that prayer of Solomon. And so every day he opened up his window toward Jerusalem and he prayed toward that place. And they trapped him. They said, we're going to make a law that anybody... They knew Daniel, would, Daniel, Daniel didn't do a thing. They couldn't find one thing against him. And they said, if we're going to get rid of Daniel, it'll have to be in how he serves his God. So they, they set a trap. Knowing Daniel, chapter 1, already purposed in his heart, he was going to follow the Lord. And so after that decree... It had been so easy for Daniel to close the window, take one step out of sight, kneel down, and pray. But he didn't do that. He opened up his window so all of Babylon could see him making supplication to the God of heaven. What did he get for his trouble? They came and told the king. The king loved Daniel. The king said, surely not Daniel. They said, king, you can't go back on your law. It's signed and it's sealed. And the king commanded to take Daniel. But before he did, he looked at Daniel's eyes and he said, Daniel, the God that you serve is able to deliver you. That night, they threw Daniel in the lion's den. The king went back to his room. No music was played. No, uh, no stories were read. No entertainment was brought in. The king didn't sleep a week. He made supplications. Church, you know what that's like to have a burden? To have a burden so heavy 
for our lost children that you don't want to eat, you don't want to sleep, you just stay up all night making supplication to the God of heaven to deliver Daniel, deliver him, deliver her. The next morning the king with haste ran into that lion's den, threw open the door and said, Oh, Daniel, is your God whom you serve, was He able to deliver you? Daniel said, Oh, king, God sent an angel to shut their mouth. They didn't hurt me. There's an old British preacher that made the comment one time, those lions didn't eat Daniel because he has nothing but gristle and backbone. Probably a lot of truth in that. The Bible said Satan as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is coming for your children as a roaring lion. But you know what? There's one I read when Daniel came out that king said, Oh, Daniel, your God has rescued you. Satan as a roaring lion is after your children. You know the good thing? We serve a God that can shut the mouth of the lion. Shut his mouth. But we need to make a stand. They're coming after them. Children, you need rescued. If you're lost, you're bound. You need to be set free. You need to be liberated. You need to be saved. This is not a game. He is coming for you. And He won't rest until you're in hell itself. He's coming after you. He's coming after your children. Every good and holy thing, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no shadows, no valveness of turning. It's in the book of James. He's coming after them. Stripping away this culture that you've taught them. Stripping away what they've Why is Sunday school so important? It teaches a culture. It teaches the kids about a God that can deliver and rescue and shut the mouth of the lion and deliver in the midst of a fiery furnace. But the only way they were delivered is if they had already... Children, you may not be lost yet. I want you to have it settled in your heart like they did from the time they were children. When the time comes, we will not comply. We will not comply. If you don't settle that now, you're going to be swept away. I promise you that. He rescues. That's all I got for you. God bless you. Come ahead with a song.